0: move toward heaven. How many are normal? Go ahead. You can put your hand up because you are. We're all normal. So it's good to know that this is just a normal, he's talking to us normal Christians. He's not talking to Billy Graham or anything like that. He's talking to us normal everyday Christians that go to work tomorrow and go through everything we go through. So that's the first thing. The second thing that's really of importance is that um, there was no Jewish, large Jewish community in Philippi. If you remember the story of Lydia, the seller of purple. Hi Vi, good to see you. Uh, if you don't know Vi, meet her after church. Uh, up from F- Florida still right now, or oh okay. But um, uh, the uh, now you interrupted me. What was I saying? The Jewish people. Uh, if you remember the story of Lydia, the seller of purple, Paul went there. There was no synagogue because there were not enough Jews you had to have a certain number of men to form a synagogue in those days. So there was no Jewish synagogue. So when Lydia got saved down by the river where Paul was teaching, he went to her home and stayed with her and had a house church there as well. So what was happening was there was no Jewish population. So the legalizers, the Jewish legalizers that were going around telling everybody that you had to be circumcised in order to be a Christian, you had to follow the Old Testament law, They descended on Philippi because they said, hey, wait a minute, all these Greeks and Romans are getting saved. We can't have them get saved without being a Jew first. And so Paul had to write about that. So very interesting background to this wonderful book. But the bottom line is it's all about about joy. And one final point to remember, this is part of what are called the prison epistles. So the Apostle Paul was writing... These epistles from uh, his house arrest in Rome, so he was under arrest, and he was writing this to Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, uh, and Colossians, and the theme of this book, as i would mentioned, is joy and thanksgiving. So that just says something to me about our brother Paul and all those that I know are in persecution right now. Under house arrest, but yet filled with joy. Isn't that something? Awaiting your trial but yet filled with happiness isn't that wonderful waiting to be killed by rome yet still filled with thanksgiving and joy that's that's probably a sermon for all of us right there right that's, that's an amazing thing from our, our beloved brother. So let's just read the first few verses, a couple of verses, and that's really all we're going to talk about. We're actually going to just talk about the first verse today and probably jump into the second verse uh, and further uh, next week. So we f- want to first talk about Paul's report. That is the report that he gives us of what is happening in his life through this whole first chapter. And he begins by saying, Paul and Timothy bond servants of Jesus Christ to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi with the bishops and the deacons grace to you, and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So let's look, first of all, just a couple of quick points. Let's look, first of all, to whom is Paul writing? And I'm going to include in this list, I'm going to include Paul and Timothy as well, because they give their own designation. And there are actually four designations. He says there are bondservants, saints, overseers, and deacons, or bishops and deacons. And I want to change those without getting into a big discussion of, of the Greek. I want to just change those cuz those are sort of like bible words, bishops and deacons and things. I'd like to change those to the actual Greek meaning of each word, and that is four categories. Number 1, slaves. Paul and Timothy called themselves slaves. That's basically what what bondservant means. It's a willing slave. So slaves, saints are really separate people. Separate people. So slaves, separate people, overseers, that's what a bishop is, an overseer, and finally servants, because that's what deacons are, servants. So we have four categories of people slaves, separate people, overseers, and servants. The main point of what I want to get across to you today as we discuss these categories is we are all one. There are not two bodies, there are not four bodies, there are not We are all one in Jesus, and Paul is saying here, Paul and Timothy, the ones that are the big shots, quote-unquote, to all those saints, to all the bishops, to all the deacons, grace to everybody, peace to everybody, we're all together, we're all in this battle together, and that's a wonderful thing to know. And the, the reason that I say that we are all in one is really because we all share these same designations. If you're a bishop, you're still a slave, Right? If you're a deacon, you're still a servant. If you're a servant, you can be an overseer. It doesn't matter. We're, we're all, and all of us are separate from the world. We have been separated to his, to his work. So we all know that, uh, let's start first with, with uh, servants. First of all, we are bond servants or slaves to Jesus. We have willingly chosen to submit ourselves to his lordship. That means we are slaves to him. We all know that you're going to be uh, either a slave to the world or you're going to be a slave to Christ. There's only two choices. There's nothing in between. Uh, we, we've known that for a long time. Uh, remember Paul in Romans. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. Romans, the seventh chapter. Uh, he, uh, in the entire book of Romans, he uses the word flesh 21 times, the most amount of times that he uses the word flesh. And we talked about Romans 7 and 8 last uh, a couple weeks ago. And Paul said in Romans 7, he said three things. We were in the flesh, we no longer serve the flesh, that is, we're not slaves to it, and we do not walk according to the flesh. That sounds good. I like that. We were in the flesh, but we no longer serve the flesh, and we do not walk according to the flesh. Then, as we said a couple weeks ago, he turns right around and he says, but at the same time, I'm carnal and I'm sold under sin, and the evil that I do... Verse 20 of the 7th chapter, the evil that I do is because of the sin that dwells in me. Okay, now wait a minute. That's, as we said, that's confusing. Then he finishes it by saying, so then, with the mind I serve the law of God, but with the flesh I serve the law of sin. Wow, that's confusing. That's confusing. So you say, well, what is he saying? And this is what we said back then the confusion can be summed up in a simple phrase. I used to be a slave to sin and had no choice, but now because of Christ, I am a slave to him and I do have a choice. I know that that nature is still in me, but I do have a choice. As as a matter of fact, Paul says in Romans, the seventh chapter, I was sold in sin. Sold into it by nature of Adam's sin. So yes, In my flesh, that sold nature is still there in my flesh. But, oh, thank God for 1 Corinthians, the sixth chapter, we have been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and your spirit, which now belong to God, Paul says. Yes, I was born into sin, but I've been bought into Jesus. Hallelujah. First Corinthians seventh chapter. You were bought at a price. So do not become slaves to men, Paul says. You say, what's that mean? You see it? You see what's happening? I have a new owner today. <laughs> I have a new master. I have a new job description, I have a new dwelling place, I have a new kingdom, I have a new authority in my life. My former owner used to steal from me, my current owner gives me blessings pressed down, shaken together and running over. My former owner used to try to kill me all the time, but now my owner now has life in him and he gives that life to me more abundant and more free than ever. My former owner used to destroy all I had, he came but to steal, kill and destroy in my life. But this owner that I have now restores what the canker worm has eaten. He restores what the swarming locust has taken. He restores what's been lost and brings it back 30, 60, and 100 fold in my life. My former owner used to drag me down to death, but my current owner raises me from the dead, crowns me with life, seats me on the throne with him, puts all principality and power underneath my feet. Oh, I'm glad I'm a slave to Jesus. <clears throat> I'd much rather be a slave to him, slave to death or slave to life. But all of us are slaves. Every one of us. Uh, we we were just contacted this past week. I'm going to be meeting with the. You'll see it coming up. But some of you may even know it. Uh, Franklin Graham is coming to Youngstown, uh, uh, which is nice. And um, so they're contacting all the pastors in the community. They're going to start the whole crusade kind of thing. I believe it's called. Uh, Lisa, God's, sorry, (laughs) God's love, something, something about love. It's nice. And uh, that's wonderful. Guess what? Franklin Graham is still a slave, just like you and me. His father was just a slave like you and and I. We're all slaves. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. We're all slaves. So Uh, All of us in this room are slaved. We are no longer forced to do evil. Now we're striving to do good. And that opens the door to the second second name that Paul gives us, and that is saints. He says, we are all saints or holy people, and uh, you have been sold into Christ, so you are now separated. As you were on that auction block as a slave, Jesus came and bought you, took you off the auction block, brought you to his home, separated you out. So that means we are separated from the world. We are separated from the world. We may look like we're still in the world. We may dress like we're in the world. We may eat at the same restaurants. We may drive the same cars. <clears throat> Everything is, could be all the same. But we are separate from them. That's what it means to be holy. You have willingly separated yourself to be part of a new kingdom. You have willingly separated yourself to be a fellowship of believers. And you might not even like each other. Oh, I thought there'd be a big amen on that one, but no, it's true. I mean, we've said that before. We're not called to like each other; we're called to love each other, right? And uh, <clears throat> that person at work that you don't like tomorrow, you you can just leave that person, but not in the body. We work together. We love one another. So we're willingly coming together as slaves. You have willingly separated yourself to follow him. You've willingly separated yourself to read the word, to to spend time in prayer, to follow his precepts, to listen to the concepts of Jesus and follow him. There was a time in your life you would never think about turning the other cheek, right? What's that old story about the guy that... uh, Was somewhere and he was a Christian and somebody was making fun of him, and got into a a little altercation and the guy slapped the Christian, and so the Christian just the Christian guy just stood there and he waited. The guy slapped him again on the other side. He says, "Because your Bible says turn the other cheek." He says, "Yes, it does." So he slapped him on the other side, and right after that, the Christian guy punched him and decked him, and he said, "Bible doesn't say where the third one's coming from." (laughs) but in 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 the world you you would never think of now as a believer hopefully the thought at least crosses your mind when someone abuses you at least you go okay wait a minute I'm gonna try to do it the bible way Uh, in the world you never thought about praying for someone who hated you Never even crossed your mind. You never thought about giving, uh, giving water or support to your enemy. You never, ever thought about blessing somebody that cursed you. Never thought about that. You were a slave to the world. You were in that, but now we are slaves to Christ, and we have separated ourselves to him. We've separated from our flesh, from our desires, from our ideas, from our own concepts. We used to be in the way of the world. Now we're separated to the way of the cross, and we readily submit ourselves one to another. We readily submit ourselves to the body. We readily submit ourselves to other brothers and sisters, and, and that was one of the reasons when we get to the fourth chapter, The girls that he was talking about, Euodia and Syntyche, and and that's the reason that he had to address them because, in essence, girls stop acting like the world. They they fuss and and fight each other in the world. Not here. There's there's no reason for that. There's no reason for that. Now, are we successful every time? Of course not. Of course not. Our flesh (laughs) grates at us every day. But our goal is to be slaves and to be separate. And, and I have a long time ago changed my definition of holiness because, you know, I, I was raised, <clears throat> no, no offense to my mother, but you know what old holiness people were like. <laughs> there were some very good things about that, and we do need to bring some of that back. Uh, I, I agree. Uh, wow, it's really quiet in here all of a sudden. I... <clears throat> but if you adhere to a deep holiness like that, sometimes it can become a fake holiness. I hate to say that. It can just become deeds and actions. It happened to the Pharisees. It can happen to us. Now, I'm not saying that we should just let everything go. No, no, no. But I'm saying we need to be very careful. And what has helped me in understanding what holiness is in my own life is am it's the simple question that you ask every day lord am i staying separate from the world am i staying separate from the world can i let me let me tattle on someone and i didn't even ask her if i could do it lisa <laughs> she's a big girl so i can tattle on her she was talking to <clears throat> pastor ron and myself uh, and she was saying she loves pinball machines right loves pinball machines. I don't I don't know. Okay, good. <laughs> and she said there was a convention, a pinball convention. There were 2000 pinballs, there pinball machines there. And she said I wanted to go so bad, but they were serving booze, wine and craft beers. And she says I just didn't want to go there because of that. Now, that could be a matter of conscience, and I'm not I'm not saying anything is that's her conscience, but go. <laughs> you don't have to drink. Just go, you know. So we can still be, am I making you mad, Lisa? No. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> Wait till she's back in the office. No. We can still be separate, but yet be in it, right? We we can still be. I can still maintain my separation as a believer in the thing, but not partake of the thing. So if you like pinball machines, next time it comes around, go see the pinball machines. (laughs) I can still go. Oh no, I can't because Frank Walker said no. Still go to Sturgis for the for the motorcycles. (laughs) Some people can. Frank says no. I'm not going to. (laughs) We can still be. In this world but not of this world. We can be in this world and be separate from this world. And to be honest, when it comes to holiness, then that's the kicker. What I can separate myself from, you might not be able to. And what you can separate yourself from, I might go, whoa. What you could be into, I might say, oh, I don't think I could do that as a Christian, but I can't see it in scripture that it says, no. But I don't know if I... So all of us need to separate ourselves, however the Holy Spirit... Because remember, you're a slave, you're a slave, I'm a slave. So every morning, this slave needs to get up and say, how do you want me to live separately today, Father? And, and I'll do it the way you tell me to do it. And, and next, next, uh, next couple ones, and we'll, we'll just close with these very quickly. Next one, are, are, we are uh, overseers. Overseers. Now, of course, he's speaking here to, to bishops, to pastors, to leaders. But it's interesting, <coughs> a couple of things about this, that he does not use the word poemos in the Greek, which is shepherd. He uses the word overseer. I, I really, I, I submit to you that, yes, there are overseers that he's addressing. But also, I submit to you that in some way or another, every one of us is, was, or will be an overseer of some sort. We will be. He's speaking to leaders, but at some point in our lives, don't we all oversee something? Sure, we oversee something spiritual in our lives. We, we, we do. Uh, you, you need to be prepared in our, in our lives all the time to oversee something. If you're helping out with a small group, some of the small groups we're doing here, uh, if you're helping out, you're overseeing. If, if you help out in the nursery or, or the kids program, you're overseeing children. And you need to act like a slave, Right? Uh, if, you're, if you're helping out setting things up in the church for an event, you're overseeing. Joanne has been doing a, an incredibly wonderful job uh, at creating the luncheons and things like that. What, what if she acted like a slave driver instead of a slave? It wouldn't go over too well, would it? So remember, we're all slaves, but we're all overseeing. If you take a new believer under your wing and begin to coach them and minister to them, you're now an overseer. You're raising a baby, right? You're going to get calls at all hours of the day. What's the Bible mean about this? What's that mean? Why do they do that in church? Why does the pastor look like that? (laughs) You may become a deacon. You're overseeing. What, what What if our next deacons meeting, which is sometime at the end of this month, what if our next deacons meeting was filled with arrogant, snotty people? It wouldn't work. Instead, we have loving, slave-minded servants. Sounds weird, but that's what we need. All of us need to be loving, slave-minded, where we're in obedience to Jesus. Actually, when you get to that fourth chapter, Paul mentions these two women, as I said, Euodia and Syntyche, but nowhere does it say in Scripture necessarily that they were deaconesses, they were not elders, Uh, in any way, but evidently they were important enough in the life of the body. There was enough influence in the life of the body. You may not think you have, you have influence in the body. You may just think you show up on a Sunday morning. You may just think that you wander in here and there, but you probably have more influence than you think that he had to tell them work together because you're not acting like servants. You're not acting like slaves. So learn to work together. So we are, we are overseers, we are slaves, we are separate from the world altogether. And finally, he mentions deacons, that last one, and that word there is servant or minister. If you compare, the easiest way to understand this, if you compare the body of Christ to a modern organization, to a government office, to a business, something like that, when humans create something, we always create it in a hierarchy, don't we? We create it in a power structure. we got the president and the vice president. we got this group. we got that. We've got this committee overseeing that. And we always create this thing. And the CEO does this to the COO and the CFO and all the other O's. And we create this structure as human beings, and we adhere to it. That's not the way it is here, folks. Not the way it is. We have one head, and his name is Jesus. He's the head of the church, the Bible says. And the body fit together underneath him functions however he wants us to function. At any moment, anyone can say anything to me and I could say it to them. I've always said it before. Even in a big organization like Southern Baptist Convention or the Assemblies of God or whatever, the general overseer has one vote just like everybody else. One vote. Nothing special the leader in the world is certainly not somebody who girds himself with a loincloth and washes the feet of the servants. Doesn't do that. But we are here to serve Jesus and then to serve each other. And then he wraps this whole thing up and we'll, we'll get into this more next week. He wraps the whole thing up in verse two by saying grace and peace. (laughs) Isn't that wonderful? You may be the hottest thing since sliced bread in the church. You may be the thing that everybody's looking at. Oh, there's that leader. There's Bethel. There's Hillsong. There's this. There's uh, David Jeremiah. Or there's John Hagee. Or there's all these people. You may be all those things, but you know what? You need just as much grace and peace as the guy that just got saved. As a matter of fact, you might need more grace and peace because I'm telling you right now, you're probably doing things you shouldn't do that you know you shouldn't do, but you're doing them anyway, and you need more grace for forgiveness. I saved the preaching for the end. I I need grace right now. I need the peace of the Holy Spirit in my life right now. All of us do. The slave, the servant, the separated one, the bishop, the overseer, the deacon. We need peace. And isn't it wonderful that God says grace to you, plural, all of you. Not just to the overseers and the rest of you have to suffer. No, 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 no. Grace to all of you and peace. And he does two designations there from God the Father and Jesus Christ, which he's now declaring that Jesus is God. God is Jesus, and He's saying, "Our heavenly Father and your elder brother are giving you two things that you need to get through every battle, and that is grace and peace. Grace and peace. When you fall down as a slave, get up because you've got grace. When you fall down as an overseer, a bishop, when you fall down, get up because you've got the same grace. When you fall down as a, as a, when you lack the separating yourself the way you should, and you dabble too much, and you're at the pinball convention, and you grab a beer. Wait a minute, no." There's grace. Hallelujah. No matter where you're at, there's grace and there is peace every moment of the day. I'm glad that's the God I serve. He's a God of grace, a God of peace, a God of mercy, a God of love. And he says, all of you, when you, when you sign on to this document, when you sign on to this contract with me, understand It is a one-sided contract. It is my contract with you. Because I know, the Lord says, the 42 seconds after you sign this contract of salvation, you're going to blow it. Maybe even... Some of you are really spiritual. You might make it to a minute. But you're going to blow it. But how many are glad that God never blows it? Never makes a mistake. And his grace and his peace... Is there every moment of the day, from the time we first sign that contract till the time that they close the casket lid, or he takes us to be with himself? And I don't know about you, but I need a God of grace and a God of peace this morning. Whatever level you're at, however deep your walk or ever shallow your walk, you've got grace. You've got peace in Him. Let's just bow our heads, Father. I just thank you so much for just the opening of this wonderful book, this book of joy, because that, that gives me joy this morning to know that I have unlimited favor with you. I have unlimited grace and mercy with you. That I try my best to live a separated life. But because of this law of sin inside me, as Paul said, I do fail. But when I fail, when I mess up, I fess up. And you're right there again with the same grace and the same mercy. You're there with the same instruction, you're the same loving father that will that will chasten us, that will love us, but you're there with the grace and mercy. And when I'm older, when I'm younger, it doesn't matter, your grace is there. A person that just accepts you as savior, same grace, same peace, same mercy, same love. That's the kind of master that I want. I wanna be a slave, a bond slave, to that master. I want to willingly sign that document to say, yes, I belong to you because that's the kind of God I want. That's the kind of loving father I want in my life. So we thank you for that. Bless us as we continue to study further and bless us as we walk out of this place as your slaves and servants submitted to you, ambassadors in a world that is going to pot, literally, And they need to see this ambassadorship of this wonderful kingdom that we're in. A kingdom of grace and peace. We thank you for it. We receive it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Stand together. It's good to see all you wonderful slaves. And I'm glad you're all going to go out into the world and tell the entire world what it means to be a free slave. That's what we are. We are a free slave in Jesus this morning. Hallelujah. Praise the name. Turn around. Bless somebody. You're dismissed. Go praising him in Jesus' name. Just ask the waves If they are still not the mention of his name They'll say